Welcome to Hanging at the Hangar Bar. I'm Scott. I'm Candace. I'm Lariah. And I'm Lacey. Grab a drink and come hang with us at the Hangar Bar. Hey everybody, welcome back to Hanging at the Hangar Bar. We are in the middle of our road trip series. Why are we calling it our road trip series? Because we're road tripping. We are in the middle of Illinois, the middle of Missouri right now. Okay. What was that all about? I applauded. Oh, <laughs> So, because I'm driving, I'm not wearing headphones. So, when Candace is doing sound effects, I, I don't know what they are. She just holds up a finger and tells me to shut up. Not that finger. <laughs> Did you want me to start with that one? <laughs> no, that's okay. But Road Trip Series. So, this episode is going to be all about our adventure to Marceline and the museum. We're going to talk through our impressions, the things that we liked about it. Um, some of those kind of things. But before we jump into that, as always, a reminder, check out our, our social media platforms, Hanging at the Hangar Bar, both on Instagram and on Facebook. Interact with us there, like the pages, share it with your friends. When we, As we try and grow our podcast, the easiest way for you to do that is to just do a quick share of one of our posts from Instagram or share the page on Facebook with, with, your, with your group. You know you have Disney fans that are that you follow or are friends with on your different social media. Share us with them. They might enjoy the, the podcast, too. That's the easiest and probably one of the best ways you can help us out. So thank you for that. Let's talk museum. Walt Disney's hometown museum in Marceline, Missouri. Worth the drive, definitely. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. We definitely think it was worth the drive. So let's talk a little bit just about the experience. So when we went in, we took some pictures on the outside of the building. Super cute building. It's an old train station that where you used to sit and wait for the trains. And Walt would sit and wait for the trains when he was going to Kansas City and that kind of thing. And there's even some original benches from the original train station that the museum committee rescued as they were rescuing the building to make it into the museum. Trains typically don't stop there, but does somebody want to talk about um, our experience with Inez to get she, us kicked off? She was lovely. She was very, very nice. She was one of the, the docents, I guess you would call them, at the museum. And she got our tour started off, um, leading us through the, t the train station room and giving us a brief history of the museum itself as well as the train station and kind of Walt's family history in Marceline. They were only there for five years, which I found really interesting. Um, but Walt did consider that his hometown and was very, very proud of being from a small town uh, like Marceline. But um, Inez was wearing a very interesting button on her vest, and it said, I met Walt Disney in 1956. So after we completed our tour through the museum, uh, we were speaking with her and we asked her what her story with Walt was. Um, Walt actually came back to Marceline in 1956 and stayed with Inez and her family because their home was one of a very few in town that had air conditioning. And Inez's daughter uh, went up to Walt and said, Mr. Disney, what room are you staying in? And he said, well, you know, I hadn't thought about that. 
She said, well, I think you should stay in the pink room because it's the best. And it was also her room. So Walt said, well, okay, I'll stay in that one since it's the best. And years later, Walt was back in Marceline and he approached Inez's daughter about working at Disneyland. And he remembered that this little girl had the pink bedroom that he stayed in. And he commented, you're the little girl that had the pink bedroom. All those years later and Walt Disney with as busy and as famous as he was, remembered that little girl, all grown up now, with a pink bedroom. That's such an awesome story. And as Candace commented as we were walking around the the barn, the farmhouse area, our degrees of separation between us and Walt Disney shrunk by probably about a thousand today in meeting Inez because she met Walt. Walt stayed in her house, which is it, it just blows my mind mm-hmm. and like you actually had meals you you fixed walt disney food you sat at a table with walt disney that it mm, baffling love it and she's a beautiful person yeah she was Super very sweet lady delightful yeah she was cracking good jokes like they part of her spiel at the museum if you ever go is that the trains don't stop there anymore right as we were coming in a train pulled up and stopped so, like, she made sure to tell us, you guys must be pretty special because the train stopped for you and trains don't stop here anymore. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. So, just as you tour through, the museum is two levels. There's all sorts of exhibits of different letters and different segments, like there's a Club 55 segment. There's a segment that is... Oh, Candace, or somebody help me remember, what is the, with the outfits that they were wearing, the red goat, the red coats, the... Oh, the ambassadors. Yeah, there's an ambassadors exhibit. There's lots of different letters between Walt and his sister and, and that kind of thing. Because the museum was started from a huge donation of stuff from Walt's sister and Walt's mom. It's time for Disney Trivia with Candace. So today's Disney trivia is that we were looking at the ambassador costumes that were on display and the placard next to them said that those was those were the last series of costumes that were actually designed and created in the costume shop in Disney's Hollywood Studios, uh, which used to be part of the Backlot Tour. Um, my first trip to Walt Disney World in 1998, that, tri- that uh, attraction was still running and we actually got to see that costume shop. So I think that's kind of a cool little callback. Connections. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, this is a Disney trivia with Scott, so you don't have to do the the little song again. But another thing that crack that I found that I learned today is Walt was named after a pastor named somebody Walter, Walter Parr. Parr. And if you remember, here's your little Disney question of the day. We'll put in a little pause for you to have time to answer. What is the name of the family in The Incredibles? It's the Parr family. I wonder if our friends at Pixar Animation knew that going in and naming that family for that movie series. I just thought that was a neat little coincidence. Agreed. I'm beginning to learn with Disney there is no coincidence. Everything ties back to something else, I'm convinced. Such a good point. 
Okay, so the bottom level is all of that kind of thing, and then you go upstairs in the museum, and and then we'll get into kind of impressions and that kind of thing from everybody. But once you get upstairs, you go up this pretty steep staircase with big tall steps, and then upstairs there's a piece of the dreaming tree that you can touch and download the, the latest Disney movie into your brain if you touch it. And then you go into the schoolroom. You shouldn't tell people that. It's not true. <laughs> don't lie. How do you know it's not true? I don't see a movie in my head right now. I have the next movie in my head. If they don't make the one that's in my head, they're just wrong. They must not have touched the dreaming tree. Oh, dear. <laughs> so upstairs, there's a little recreation of a little schoolroom that has a, a chalkboard on it that you can sit down and they give you an assignment of the day to draw your best Mickey on the chalkboard. And you can sit there in the a replica of the schoolroom that Walt would have sat in. And then there's a little recreation of the front porch from the farmhouse that you can, and I, we'll put a picture of this one up on the Instagram at some point too, is just the front porch. And those of you that are in Disney World and like living with the land, as you go around that house that is in the living with the land with the dog barking out front incessantly, you walk the corner of this museum and you feel like you're in living with the land. It just is the strangest thing. But Lacey and Lariah got their picture taken on that. And then what I think is probably one of the coolest parts of the entire museum is you walk into this space and they have a recreation of Disneyland set up. And if you look at it, oh, it's just models of Disneyland. Oh, cool, whatever. But if you study it a little bit more, the way it's set up is that you are actually walking through this exhibit like you're in Disneyland. So you start at the front gates. You see the castle kind of in the background behind it. Main Street USA is on your right and your left. You have to take a left to go see parts of it. You take a right and I think you see New Orleans Square and you see the Matterhorn. But they have it set up so it's like you're walking through Disneyland as you're looking at this little model, which I just blew my mind. And again, I know that's not Disney. Disney didn't make this museum. But the fact that they put that level of thought into it is very much a Disney thing to do. Yeah, that part was so cool. Um, I took lots of pictures of that. And I don't know, I'm like a huge fan of um, models like that. Like, I don't know, I, I want to say like 3D maps, but it's just so cool to see the detail of it all too. They. Yeah, it was really cool. So, Lariah, what was your favorite part of the museum? Uh, I know mine. Trying to think. Well, I meant if you needed to think, I can go while you think. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm going to go first. That's fine. Lacey, what's your favorite part of the museum? Okay, so there is this letter I read from Walt to Ruth about his sister. Yes, um, which we we discovered. I I had no idea how many siblings Walt had, um, so you learn a lot about the siblings there too. Um, but there was a letter that he had written to his sister, and it was so cool because he talks about going to the premiere of the Peter Pan movie in um, New Mexico. Mexico City. Mexico City, thank you. Um, and it's just so cool that it was 
you know, a letter that he had written to his sister, just talking about his life as if it's just a normal life, just saying, oh, I'm in Mexico City about to see the premiere of Peter Pan. Like, how cool is that? So that part just really, like, it, it just, like, opened my eyes. To, like, it was just cool. So, And part of that, I think, and some maybe some of our listeners can help us with this, um, but in that letter, Walt mentioned that he was in Mexico City because they were doing some research for a live-action film um, about a boy and a horse. The letter was dated in December of 1953. Um, we did a quick Google while we were standing in the museum and couldn't find a live-action version or a live-action listing for a movie from around that time. Um, so if anybody knows what movie that may have been, definitely uh, visit us on socials and let us know because we kind of want to watch it. Yes, please. Or at l- the very least, I want to know what movie that was. Yes. Definitely. But I, I mentioned to Lacey when we were reading the letter, the way that Walt writes or wrote his letters was very story. I mean, he was a master storyteller as it was. But even in a simple letter to his sister, you could see all of the things that he was experiencing just from his storytelling ability in his writing, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah. And I think what I noticed about some of those letters, that one in particular, and then one other one I'll mention is that it really humanized Walt for me. Walt is held up as such a a big, bigger-than-life person just because he built this mega corporation that does so many things that that so many people love and adore and has for close to 75 or 100 years. It, It just completely humanized him seeing those letters that he wrote to his sister and his parents and that kind of thing. And another one is his sister was getting ready to get married and had asked Roy for a loan of $2,000. And in that letter, Walt had sent, like for a wedding gift, had sent $1,000 and had said, but don't tell anybody how much I'm giving you because I don't want them to think that I'm just, I don't want people to get the perception that I, I made, a, I have all this extra money. And I just thought like, that is such a, like him trying to keep himself low profile just seems again very disney to me right yeah um, when we were speaking with inez about her experience with walt she said that you know they were so nervous when they figured out that he was going to be staying with them and she said within a matter of hours it was just like old home week and he was just one of the family and just very very down to earth very nice very polite very everything that you would expect walt to be that does not surprise me well, so, yeah, I was going to ask, Lariah, have you thought of your favorite yet? Yes. And it's not a specific part of the museum. It's how humbling the entire museum was. The fact that it was built, whoa, road bump. <laughs> it was built inside of a train station. I just found so cool and that Walt loved trains. I didn't know that. And when... Um, we were going there what I was expecting was to find just a ton of just Disney merch and Disney everywhere the mouse everything like that but it wasn't it was a story of Walt's life and um, it was just very humbling because we always talk about um, don't forget where you came from like 
change in the future is important, but like it's important to remember um, where things started and that museum just kind of tied it all together because he, because of how important Marceline was to him and that's how Disney was started and he never forgot that, so. Yeah, and how cool is it that a little town like Marceline, it's 2,200 people now, probably smaller back then, had such an impact on somebody that that went on to create the empire that is Disney. And he never forgot that. Like, and that speaks to going out to the barn. So at the, at the end of the trip, if you'll remember from the last episode, we were stopping at the, we drove by the, the house and went out to the barn. That barn was built in 2001 from the blueprints of the barn that was built in his backyard in California. But he designed that barn based on his time in Marceline. So it was all kind of tied back to his time in Marceline and they were able to bring that feel back. And it just, it, it just amazes me again. I think how humble Mm -hmm. he ultimately was. And, and I know some of that is probably set up in the way they show the, the exhibits and that kind of thing to humanize him. They do that on purpose, but I, I think that's probably who he was as a person. I don't think that's too far from the truth, to be perfectly honest. Some people, you can tell. When when there's a story that they've created around a person, you can tell that versus who that person actually is. And I think they hit the nail on the head with, with Walt and, and how they've set the museum up and the exhibits and just how much just a normal person he was. Right. Right. So, Candace, we haven't gotten to you yet. All three of us, the others have done their favorite part of the museum. What was yours? All of it. No, if I had to pick one spot it would, or one moment, it would probably be Inez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just that connection. Yes. Yep. Because I don't, I don't think in my life I've ever met someone that had met or knew Walt. No. Until today. No. I mean, I've, I've known people in my life with the last name of Disney that, you know, you can trace back, but it goes generations and levels of family. Right. It's not like, oh, he stayed at my house. Excuse me? What? (laughs) And she was just such a beautiful person. I mean, she could have been all kinds of snooty and hoity-toity about it, but she was just very, okay, he stayed at my house. He was a down-to-earth guy. It was Walt Disney, but you know what? It was Walt Disney from Marceline. And how incredibly captivating did she tell her stories about, like, when she was first um, giving us the start of the tour? She didn't just say, here you go, like, just follow the yellow arrows. No, she brought us into the beginning and she told us his story. And what does that remind you of, everyone? Oh, I don't know. Does that remind you of attraction cues in the parks to get the story started right? (laughs) I think it does. Once again, there are no coincidences with Disney. Thank you. (laughs) Also, I was very impressed um, going in. There were two workers, Inez and another gentleman um, who was selling the tickets. And they were just reminded me so much of how a cast member would be when you go to a park and excellent point it was just from the get-go it was just a overall happy place where oh yeah they were just the cutest 
yeah. people that worked there. And it was just very humbling and adorable and amazing. Also, we did find out that um, Mr. Walt was a mischievous little boy in school who carved his initials in his school desk. So, Mr. Walt, we know. And if we have any listeners in the Orlando area, they are apparently, I don't know when, but the little sign on that said the next place that's going to be displayed is at Walt Disney World in Florida. So we got to see it first. Ha ha. All because we live in the Midwest. (laughs) All because we live 24 hours away from Disney. Boo. Well, we can change that as soon as you give me the word. I'll start looking. (laughs) Okay, so is there anything that you would have liked to see at the museum that you didn't see? Like, not not that we didn't, like, get to look at everything, but is there anything that, like, as you thought about this trip down to the museum that you're like, oh, I hope they have this, or I hope I get to see something about this? I don't know that I thought so much about that I was disappointed that it wasn't there, what I was expecting going in. But I would have liked to see more about his personal history with how he got started in animation and sort of all the downfalls that he had before he really hit it with Mickey. Yeah, I Illustrating with the Kansas City paper and all of that and how he got started, basically. I agree. Um, This might be an unpopular opinion, but going to this museum, I expected it to be a lot more Walt-centered, and I wasn't a huge fan of the room or rooms with the Disney stuff from fans of, you know what I mean, like the pieces of art or collectibles. I just felt like it was a little out of place. Um, but I don't know that I was kind of when we were going through that, I was hoping that it wasn't going to be all about that. Right. All the kitschy. Yeah. This is just things that I collected at Disney over the years. Right. That's I felt like that. It just felt a little out of place a little bit uh, just because going to this museum where Walt, you know, grew up and everything I just I was expecting more of like his hit like just being mostly about him and like his contributions and his you know you know what I mean right yeah but I think that goes to speak to a lot of how important family was to him you yeah know, like he never forgot his his family and Roy was right by his side the whole time um Ruth was Inez let us know that he and Ruth were pretty much inseparable. Um, And Walt wasn't even allowed to start school until Ruth was old enough to go. So Walt didn't start school until he was seven years old. Yeah, that's interesting. I think what you were saying, Candice, about the beginnings of animation, I think that's what I was hoping for as well that I didn't see is you saw a few signatures of Walt. You saw some of that. But the only really drawing they had was from his concept like his napkin concept of what a Marceline farmhouse attraction would be like Disney Marceline what that would be they had a big 
like what he had drawn out as his plan for that, which was really cool. But I would have liked to see more of the hand-drawn animation, some of the things that maybe he had a hand in. And maybe those things just haven't been donated to the museum yet or they're in in different museums and a little museum in the middle of Missouri is not going to be able to compete for that kind of an exhibit. But that's, I was hoping to see more of that animation and company building as well. And I bet more of that stuff would be in the Disney Family Museum in California. Yeah, that's probably very true. Because that one was started and ran by the Disney Family, right? Yes, Diane Disney Miller uh, ran okay. that one for a long time. So yeah, that's the one that has all the Walt stuff in it versus Walt's family stuff. So thinking more broadly, that was anything else we want to talk about in terms of the museum itself? Any cool exhibits that you want to you want to let the listeners know about? I thought the um, there was a TV that Walt had purchased for his mother. It was I read it. It was I, I misspoke in the moment to you. It was actually his um, sister. No, it was his. I'll have to look it up, but it wasn't his mom. But it was another. It was like his aunt or something like that. Okay. But the rest of the story is accurate, so go ahead. Okay, so he bought this TV for her because she wanted to see the opening day ceremonies for Disneyland, but didn't want to have to travel to California and didn't want to deal with the crowds. So he bought her this TV when he figured out that they were going to televise the opening ceremonies for Disneyland. And that TV is sitting in Marceline, Missouri, in the Disney Family Museum or the Disney Hometown Museum. And they're showing the opening day of Disneyland on it. Yes, with Art Link letter and the whole thing. It's very cool. I also thought, because uh, on our way to Marceline, we were talking about um, how they came out with the names of their children. And I thought it was hilarious that near the end of the museum, there is a interview that um, Walt Disney um, does with his parents and literally asks the question, how did you come up with the name Roy? And it's just so funny because we were just talking about that in the car ride. So how did they come up with the name Roy? Do we did we listen close enough to know that or not? Well, I I don't remember how they came up with Roy. They kind of skimmed over that, but they did talk about the middle name Oliver, and there was a lumber company called something Oliver Lumber Company or something, and they thought that would um, be a good name after Roy Roy Oliver. So so if you've heard Roy O Disney, Oliver is the O. And they stole it from a lumber company. Yes. And Roy hated his middle name. Like his mom said on that recording that he hated it and would not use it if he could. So I bet he didn't get middle named very often. (laughs) (laughs) It's because he always thought he was named after a lumber company, which mom said wasn't true. But it was. (laughs) (laughs) And what's cool about that recording is it was for his parents' 50th wedding anniversary Walt actually did the interviewing and made three copies of the record. And one of those three copies is sitting in Marceline, Missouri. Mm -hmm. So if you're a vinyl collector, that might be the Holy Grail. Well, if you're a vinyl collector and a Disney fan. Right. Correct. Okay. So what about the, 
we can come back to Main Street USA. Let's talk about the farmhouse and the the barn. What? Tell me your thoughts about that. I thought the Dreaming Tree was really, really cool, or the son of the Dreaming Tree was really, really cool. That was really nice to get to see that. Quite honestly, the barn, while the story behind it was really cool, I was underwhelmed. Yeah, so on the inside of the barn, they allow people to sign their name and write a message or whatever. So the inside of that barn is completely covered in Sharpie and pin. And today it was completely covered with wasps and and that kind of thing. So I didn't want to leave kind of the middle of the room. But yeah, I kind of agree that the the barn story is cooler than the barn itself. I think they could do so much more with that and make it make you feel like you're connected to the history a little bit more. And maybe that's a project they're working on. We don't know. Yeah, could be. And I agree, the son of the dreaming tree, like, I'm going to sound completely ethereal for a minute, but I just put my hand on that tree for a minute, and to know that you're you're touching the offspring of a 200-year-old, a, a tree that's 200 years old, and it's a tree that that Walt used to use his big chief pad and pencils that his aunt gave him to, to draw, even though his dad didn't want him to. He and Ruth would hang out and play and climb in the tree branches of the original Dreaming Tree. You could just feel, again, I'm kind of a big connections person, and you could feel that connection to the history. And it almost gave you, like, they always talk about the energy from trees. You could almost feel that energy, which was really, to me, kind of kind of awesome. Agreed. Right. And the fact that they used um, soil and water from... Uh, Disneyland. Disneyland. Was it Disneyland? Or it was, was Disneyland. Because it said Magic Kingdom. That's what I thought it well, said. but Magic Kingdom is, is Disneyland. I mean, that was the main park at Disneyland. I, I thought... It may have been Disney World. I don't know. Yeah, because I don't it, think it, Disneyland is called Magic Kingdom. Fine. Whatever. Soil came from Magic Kingdom. The water for the tree came from Rivers of America. Yes. So be that Disneyland, Disney World, it came from a theme park. We don't care. That's just cool. And the tree was planted 20 years ago, and it's 30 foot tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just really cool kind of energy and, and feel around it. Yeah, that whole space, though, was really pretty and very calming, mm-hmm. I thought. Until we found out about the snakes. Yeah. Thank you, Lariah. Yeah, you... You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome for the warning. I doubt I, that's I why you told us. Them. But I was hurting them. You wanted to scare us off. And Not hurting. Oh hurting. my gosh. We're going to die. <laughs> it's the problem with side. road tripping. This van cannot... I, my guess is they're not using cruise control, so they have no idea how fast they want to go. I think the person driving is like 12. Probably. Anyway. Sorry, that just really startled me when he swerved over the line <laughs> a little bit. I didn't like that. I'm going to move over. Okay. So, and then, so Marceline itself, we drove by the elementary school as well. We didn't get out and peer in the windows there. But I, I caught myself wondering, like, if you went to Walt Disney Elementary School like, I know myself. I would tell everybody that. Like, in all those little, what do you, who are you? Like, tell us three little known facts about you 
that would be the thing I would lead with every single. Th- I went to Walt Disney Elementary School. Well, who wouldn't? While still living in Marceline, right. so your neighbor's like, yeah, me yeah, too. Everybody <laughs> here, <laughs> me <did>. too. <laughs> you are not special. <laughs> I may even start leading with, I once saw Walt Disney Elementary School. I have been to Walt Disney Elementary School. Yeah, you can't talk to me. I've been to Walt Disney Elementary School. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's a big mural on the the wall. We got a couple pictures taken of that as well that we can throw up on the Instagram. Um, I I don't know how good of a job we do at remembering what we say we're going to throw up on the Instagram, but we'll we'll do our best to get some pictures up there. We may not remember exactly which ones we said we would, but we'll we'll share some experience, some pictures from our our trip. Anything else Marceline related, museum related? Let's talk about Mavix. Come on. Oh yeah, I almost forgot about our lunch. So, Candace, go ahead. All right, so when we were talking to Inez and Frank at the museum... Oh, it's going to rain. We asked for a recommendation for lunch, and Inez said, well, there's a good Mexican restaurant, but if you want a local place, we'd recommend Ma Vic's. It's just comfort food, and it's just right on the corner, and if you show them your ticket to the museum, they'll have a special treat for you. So that's where we decided to go, and it could not have been a more charming, adorable, delicious experience. You walk in, and it's kind of a seat-yourself sort of situation, which it was busy today, and there weren't very many options as far as where to sit. So we kind of picked the what I felt was the back table, but it ended up being the very front table, and it was weird. I thought the seating was a little weird, but... Um, our waitress was super duper duper nice, super sweet lady. Very much so, yes. And so what did everybody get? Let's talk about the food. Okay, I will start us off since I got the most interesting meal. Yes, you did. <laughs> no, I, they had a salad bar, which wasn't bad at all. The vegetables that I got were very delicious and looked very fresh. So I got a salad bar and some french fries because everybody knows that a vegan's best friend is french fries <laughs> yeah i was surprised at how fresh the veggies looked for a little a little corner cafe in the middle of missouri i thought the the salad bar fixins looked pretty pretty fresh and pretty good yes i've seen way worse in cities so um i got a grilled cheese with some curly fries and it was delicious can't go wrong with a grilled cheese Mm -mm. ultimate comfort food Mm -hmm. i had a bacon cheeseburger and some shoestring fries and it was probably one of the best burgers i've had in a long time yeah i had a bacon cheeseburger and the curly fries as well and i commented to candace that that was a really good cheeseburger like it was Yeah, it was just really, really tasty. I enjoyed it. And then, so because we had our tickets to the museum, our waitress gave us, they were called Dusty Millers. Does somebody want to talk about what that is? So a Dusty Miller is basically a cup of vanilla ice cream that is topped with marshmallow fluff and chocolate syrup and then sprinkled with vanilla malt powder. Don't forget about the cherry. Oh, and maraschino cherry on the top. I'm so sorry. How could I? How dare me? And <laughs> why is it called a Dusty Miller? 
uh, because the lady that invented the treat, her somebody very near and dear to her heart, uh, came in from the coal mine and sat down at the counter where she was making these delicious treats and said, hey, we need to make this for everybody. And he was covered in the coal dust from the mines. And so she said, you're all covered with dust. And so that's how the name Dusty Miller came to be. Yeah, because his name was like Tom Miller or something yeah. like that. Yep. And so the, the simple of a treat as it was, it originated right there in Marceline. Mm-hmm. At another Ma place. It was Ma... Ma Vicks. No. No. I don't know. I can't remember what the little thing said. It was... I'll remember it at 3 o'clock in the morning. If I remember when I'm doing the editing, I'll add it in. Okay, anything else from our trip that we want to talk about? This felt like a pretty good conversation. If there's anything that, like, you want to know directions or you want to know anything else about this trip, you can just feel free to, to message us, comment on any of the pictures on our social. Just let us know. We can interact with you however however you would like. Any last thoughts or comments? I did just want to say that if you live close to Marceline, Missouri, and you've not been there, and you are a Walt Disney fan, I do recommend taking the trip over there um, because it is very cute. And I feel like since we haven't taken a trip in a while to Disney, it kind of filled that Disney need there a little bit, you know? But it took us back to the traditional part of Disney. Yes. Not all the ridiculous IP crap. <laughs> Amen. Oh, that's too funny. And on that note, just remember, there's a great big beautiful tomorrow. See you real soon. Bye.